Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodman Taylor, a.k.a. the Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. It has been forever, I want to say, maybe three, four weeks. Um, I had a funeral one week, then we had New York Comic Con. Um, So we're finally back, but uh, we definitely have a great show on tab for you guys today. Uh, Let me introduce the panel, starting with Nick. What's going on, Nick? What up, man? How you doing? I am pretty glad to be doing this show today. Um, it is definitely what I needed, so glad to uh, be doing it yeah. again. Yeah, after uh, yesterday's uh, Georgia game, I, I kind of needed it too. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, I definitely feel you on that, brother. Um, it is glad I am glad. Sorry, not it is glad. I am glad um, to be talking geek news with you again. Uh, also, I have seen her last weekend at New York Comic Con where we did a podcast together, but I lost all the audio, Tia, but shh. Um, Tia, what is <laughs> oh going God, on? I was gonna, I was gonna <laughs> ask you about that. I was like, where is it? We so I was talking to Brittany about it. I was like, oh, I can't wait till that goes up, and now I know why it happened. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, funny thing is, luckily, Jonas um, has the video of it. Um, I'm working on I'm working on that with him so I can get it posted. But um, I recorded all the audio, like you guys saw us, you know, recording it, only for me to get home to edit and see that not a word recorded. Um, I was oh. very angry. I think the angriest I've been in a long time. Um, <laughs> so that was that was really frustrating. But um, no, we had a great time. Um, Tia, Brittany. Myself, Joel, Jonas, Dakota, um, our artist Dakota, and uh, I think I said Joel, but if not, Joel also. We had a great time. Um, thank you so much, Tia. You, you definitely helped uh, make New York Comic Con great. Uh, that Saturday was a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. I had a great time. And um, as I told you once before, we should definitely see if we can get together a few times a year and do something like that in person. Absolutely. Definitely something to be worked on. We are not that far from each other, so we should uh, get together more often. Um, it'd be harder for me and Nick to do it, but me and you definitely should not be that hard. New Jersey and New York. Yeah, I was going to say, like, don't, don't hold your breath on, like, my appearance. <laughs> Nick, just take the plane here. Jersey, okay. Jersey's a little bit of a drive, just saying. Yeah, definitely is. Definitely is. Atlanta also. Um, yeah. Which is funny. It's cause, a trek. I tell you what, yeah, my, uh, if Georgia if Georgia ever plays like Rutgers, I'll come up there and uh, we'll make a day of it. <laughs> we definitely will. It's funny though. My my sister lives out there, and my mom is actually moving out there to Atlanta. So um, oh wow, my excuses to come out to Atlanta are just growing by the day. It seems like. Nice. Um, well, the last <laughs> time you came out here, you didn't like 
we we didn't even get to hang out. You're so damn busy. Like <laughs> I unfortunately it was my sister's graduation. Every family member oh, yeah, came to right. So it was like, Hey Juwan, I haven't seen you in years. I wanna see you. I'm like, I kinda wanna see my friends. They're like, Oh, but it's your grandmother and like, oh, whatever. Uh but all right. Yeah. <laughs> let's um let let's get right into it. I actually want I wanted to start off with a trailer that is my favorite out of all of these trailers, but I wanna start with the most I guess controversial trailer. Um, not really, but uh, you know how dramatic I am. Let's start off with Birds of Prey. Um, <laughs> we got this trailer about a week and a half ago, I believe. Um, I do remember the first thing I did after I saw the trailer was scour Twitter, um, just to get a sense of what everyone was thinking. It was possibly the most divided I've ever seen. <laughs> um, people about a, a upcoming DC film, which, you know, to a lot of people, they're going to say BS. Everyone's always divided. This is a little different. Um, we got a lot of great shots. Um, I actually just watched this trailer over again um, before coming on with you guys. I, I have a, a new appreciation for it than I did last time. I know, Nick, me and you spoke about it the other day. Tia, me and you spoke about it at uh, New York Comic Con. Um yeah. I do have a new found appreciation for the trailer, but before I go into my thoughts, what were your thoughts on the Birds of Prey trailer? I didn't like it. Um, I thought it's very colorful. Um, like that, that aspect of it, I did like. Um, I, I mean, I like all the actors in it, so I'm still like hopeful that it's just, you know, I don't know that they just maybe picked some of the parts, but like my biggest takeaway from watching the trailer was, man, this just seems poorly written. Um, like I thought all, all of the dialogue was just like, it, it, it was almost like somebody was and maybe And like I said, maybe this is just because it's, it's a trailer and they're putting in the things that people know and what have you, the little phrases and, and that kind of stuff, especially Harley Quinn stuff. Um, but it, it came off as, as someone who was like, uh, like, oh, we got to put this in because people people expect her to say this or we got to do this. Um, it, it, it the the way that this dialogue is, it, it just does not seem promising to me. Um, and I was really disappointed. Like I was like, man, like I'm I really because I was really looking forward to this first trailer. Um, but so I decided like. I mean, maybe I'm just crazy. Like, I, I so I I decided, okay, let me go check out and see who wrote this. Um, and it is Christina Hodgson. Um, and she is she is a writer that um, that essentially Warner Brothers has like tapped uh, to be like on a lot of their various projects uh, going forward. And so I was like, okay, well, what has she written? Well, sh- she wrote Shut In, which um, horror movie, uh, not very well received. Uh, she also wrote Unforgettable, which is the Katherine Heigl um, uh, movie where you know she's obsessed with this uh, this guy who's married. Um, not very well received. Uh, she wrote Bumblebee, which I recall a lot of our geek brethren um, in the community saying like. It was actually like it was it was it was a better 
version of Transformers than like the previous several, um, if you will. Um, but like that's not I don't I don't feel like that's a high bar, especially considering I didn't even like the first one. Um, you know, I like I've, I've I've basically heard it was the best one since the first one. Um, but I'm like, well, I didn't really like the first one. Um, so I'm I'm just I, I don't know I I'm not. I'm a little nervous uh, at at this point in time. Um, I just, you know, I don't know if hiring somebody who doesn't have like a, um, like a a huge pedigree to write some of these movies. I mean, um, she's reportedly working on the flash screenplay, the Batgirl screenplay. Um, I don't, I don't know how, how well that's going to work. Um, I mean, we will see, we will see with this movie. Um, but that's that was my like immediate takeaway, kind of immediate trepidation. Um, now I did rewatch it uh, about I don't know thirty forty five minutes ago, and I was like, all right, clear your head, like watch it again. Um, it didn't come off quite as bad to me uh, as the first time I watched it, or quite as flat. Um, but the dialogue thing is still there, um, and I'm just I'm wondering, you know. It, it, it's not an easy thing to write a, a good screenplay. And now you can make up for the lack of a good screenplay or, you know, let's say a mediocre screenplay um, by, you know, other, other parts of the movie making process. Um, but like, if you want to make a really good movie, you're going to need a really good screenplay. And I know it's maybe I'm, I'm putting the cart before the horse, taking all of this away from um from one trailer but that's just what it that's just what it made me think um so i don't know we'll see like i said great cast uh margot robbie great i love mary elizabeth winstead um you know uh ewan mcgregor also great um so there's there's um there's definitely things to be excited about uh i'm just i'm just nervous um i'm a little bit nervous um, <clears throat> no, I mean, listen, uh, if you weren't a huge fan of the first Transformers, I could see how if someone said Bumblebee was great, uh, and refreshing, you would kind of say, well, that's not saying much, because I didn't really like any of the other ones. Um, I will say it was very refreshing. Oh, to be clear, uh, I never saw any of the other ones <clears throat> after the first one. <laughs> like, no, I, I mean, didn't look, like the first one. And, I'll say you know, this. People were like, yeah, it wasn't quite as good as the first one. And I was like, all right, well, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, no. Definitely lucky you. But um, I will say Bumblebee was very, very well done. Um, I'm actually, it was the main reason why I was like, Travis Knight has to do something in the superhero world, like, soon. Um, the the dialogue was not bad. I mean, it was, it, it kind of seemed like everything I, I kind of hate about the CW to where, like, I kind of feel like a lot of their superhero shows kind of lend more towards um, some of their more sappy shows rather than being a true comic book story. Um, so, I mean, maybe that was a little bit of my issue. But I will say, after rewatching this trailer again, I'll break down a few things, I'm going to pass it right over to you, Tia. So, apparently, it looks like Harley Quinn, after leaving Joker, uh, seemingly falls in love with um, Black Mask. Um, you do hear Black Mask telling her how much, you know, she needs him. She can't live without him. Um, paraphrasing here. 
Um, but you do hear that dialogue in the trailer, only for her to have her breakout moment to say, you shouldn't be afraid of Mr. J. You shouldn't be afraid of him. You should be afraid of me. Um, and and I, I like her breaking out to being her own her own person. Um, it's just my issue, and I'm only going to tread on this, Tia, so you can make your point about it, is shouldn't have called it Birds of Prey. Um, it's clearly not a Birds of Prey movie. It's clearly the emancipation of Harley Quinn. So it should the be called... The fantabulous emancipation of fantabulous. Harley Quinn. To be, Sorry to be specific. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Hey, and by the way, I, I did yeah. forget to say, I do love that fucking title. I really do. I think it's a fucking awesome... Uh, awesome title. I love like long ass movie titles. Um, it's clearly Harley's movie. Uh, that that is obvious by the fact that she literally did everything in the trailer. She set it up. She she narrated it. She was the only one in it in almost every scene. Um, it, it's a Harley Quinn movie starring, um, the Birds of Prey. Uh, so I mean featuring, sorry, the Birds of Prey. So to me. You just you kind of missold it. Um, and see, I'm going to pass it to you before I go any further. Um, but your thoughts on a Birds of Prey trailer? Yeah, I think we spoke, you know, about this at New York Comic Con. I'm pretty sure that we did. But as you guys already said, it, it's a Harley Quinn movie. It's a Harley Quinn movie that somewhat features the Birds of Prey. There's a lot of fantastic shots in the in this um, trailer. But it really did nothing for me to really sell the movie. Like, as I was watching it, I was just like, okay, okay. Like, I get it. Like, Harley Quinn is away from the Joker. Um, and this is her story. But I don't know why I felt nothing. Like, I should have been excited. I think that Margot Robbie is a 100% perfect Harley Quinn. Um, after her performance in Suicide Squad, I can't see anyone else doing a live-action version. But there was nothing really in this trailer that made me excited about it. I don't know why. Like, I just think that, first of all, the marketing on it is terrible so far. Um, you know, like, with putting Harley really in the forefront, if you are trying to get people to care about the Birds of Prey, you're doing a really shitty job at it. What they should be doing, at least in the second trailer, is barely showing Harley Quinn. It should be all about the um, the Birds of Prey. I mean, what, Black Canary had one line, focus, <laughs> that, that was it. Um, it was Harley the whole time, and then Black Mask having one line as well. But that really was just about it. I'm not excited about uh, Cassandra Cain. I just don't feel very excited about this movie. Visually, it's gorgeous. Um, but story-wise, so far, I'm really not feeling it. And I really, I think, as I said last weekend, I think that you're not going to see Ian McGregor. I don't think he's going to wear that mask. He's going to wear the mask at, like, the very end. And that's about it. I think as, as far as seeing that mask throughout the actual movie, that little shot we got of him with the painting in the background with the black mask, that's about it. That's all you're going to see. Well, if you do freeze frame, you, you do see a lot of shots of his henchmen wearing animal masks, um, which are a callback to the comics of his gang. Um, they, weirdly enough, all had animal masks. Um, so I think it will lead to him wearing the mask, but I do heavily believe the name of his club is called Black Mask. 
Um, and I do believe that it will become, I do believe Harley will do something that burns his face or scars his face um, that makes him have to wear a mask. Now, whether that's a, a, an end credit scene or a very last shot, um, I mean, at this point, I just, I, I, I don't care anymore. Uh, like, I just, I, I'm <laughs> over the idea of thinking that, you know. Duan is just defeated in on this. He's like, all of these upcoming projects where they're supposed to be wearing a mask and they're not wearing a mask, I'm just done at this point. Go ahead, Nick. I think we should do like uh like a little mini podcast, like a thirty minute podcast where once the like final trailer is released, we just sit down and we predict everything that's going to happen in the movie <laughs> from from <laughs> beginning to end and see how fucking right we are. Because I, I like I think so far we we we've hit the nail on the head on a lot of this shit. <laughs> like it's gonna be a very yeah, predictable feels, movie. Yeah, it does feel it does feel a bit predictable, but um I think my my defeat doesn't come because of the studios. My defeat comes because, Tia, unfortunately, I feel like a lot of the world feels the same way you do. So where it's like, he wears a mask, he doesn't wear a mask. I just want a good movie. And then the comic purist of me, I'm sitting here like, no, his name is Black Mask. You cannot have him <laughs> in this movie without a mask. So to me, I, I think my defeat comes at the hands of of the people that just don't care. And I think that's what these movies and shows are catering to. The people who are like, you know, I, I, I either read a comic and I don't I don't care that much, or I didn't read a comic, so I definitely don't care that much. Just give me something good. Um, but I mean, as, as far as what you were saying, Tia, as marketing it to where the next trailer, you barely see Harley and you see more of the Birds of Prey, I think the complete opposite. I think from this trailer, you made it very clear they do not mean as much as Harley Quinn, um, which is fine. I just think your mistake. But the name of the movie is called right. Birds of Prey. I mean, that's literally the name in the movie. So it's like, it'd right. be one thing if it was, you know, um, the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. And then, you know, we're just delighted at the fact that the Birds of Prey are featured in the movie. But you literally named it Birds of Prey. Everyone, when we're on Twitter, we're referencing it as Birds of Prey. There's not enough characters to do the whole entire title. It's Birds of Prey. So yep. and, and I love it. <laughs> here's, here's where I have like yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, I was just gonna say here's why I challenge you just a little bit, right? Because you're saying, and, and again, correct me at any point of this, but you're saying that your issue is it's called Birds of Prey, and we have yet to see any true significance of the characters, um, Black Canary and um, Huntress, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. This was the exact thing I told you when I said, if Mick Farland gives me a Spawn movie where Spawn is in the background and the cops <laughs> are the main characters, throw that whole movie in the garbage. It is just, it just makes absolutely no sense. So what you're saying is exactly the same thing I was saying about Spawn, but you were saying there is a way to do it to where you can have the movie called Spawn, <laughs> but he's in the background. You see how frustrating that is now, Tia? Now that you're seeing it, yeah. that's all I'm saying. Okay. So what I'm saying is now that you have shown us that Harley Quinn means more than the actual name of the movie, what you do now is you don't backpedal from that. You go full force. 
So now you need, and I've been saying this since they said they were doing this movie, you need to market Harley Quinn the same way Fox marketed Deadpool. I am telling you, it will reach a larger audience because her character is a female Deadpool. So if you market it just right, just exactly as I'm mapping it out for them, this movie, regardless of how horrible I think some of that dialogue is, Nick, this movie could still be a box office hit if they just follow marketing tactics. Um, because the movie, you know, how the movie is is just how the movie is going to be. But if your marketing is solid, you're easily going to bring in, excuse me, um, a large portion of people just to see if anything from that marketing ploy relates to the movie. So to me, drive forward that that marketing um, and make her the face of this movie, even though you very stupidly called it Birds of Prey. Um, <laughs> I think we can all I agree. I agree with all of that, by the way. Go ahead. Yeah, just go ahead. throwing that out there. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go well, ahead. Take it away. No, I mean, I, I – I don't necessarily disagree with if you market it well, it'll make money, but you need it to be a good movie or at least a mediocre movie to make money. Um, I don't necessarily take umbrage with the title of the movie either. Um, just like I think a spawn movie where, where spawn, where you have two detectives who are trying to like, fig- like figure out what basically find spawn and figure out like what spawn is doing. Um, I think that's a great idea for a Spawn movie. I really do. Um, like, I, I mean, I just think that if if you make a good movie, it's it's it's. I mean, it's essentially like Field of Dreams. You know, if you build it, he will come. Um, like that. I mean, that's the thing. Like, if if you make a good movie, people are going to go see it. Um, it's just. I, I don't know how good of a movie this is going to be, and that is my trepidation. I've got no problem with the title. Um, I don't have a ton of problem with the marketing. I do agree with Tia that it's like um, you you probably should have given us. I'm not I'm not going to go so far as to say we didn't we like you shouldn't have any Harley Quinn. Like you definitely should because that's your driving force. That's your recognizable character that people already know. Um, so I don't have a problem there. But I do agree that like. It, it it was maybe not the best play to not feature any of the other characters outside of maybe you and McGregor um, in any sort of big uh, like thing other than like a quick little flash of them. Um, like the the best way um, to to get us entrenched in this movie is to a show us Harley Quinn and and some of her standout little moments um, and and b like. Uh, you know, introduce us to, to some of these new characters and uh, give us just enough to where we're kind of interested in them. And I don't feel like they really delivered on either front. Um, and and to, to make my point, I guess, about the dialogue, um, it opens up with her little Harlequin speech, which is, which is a totally, um, totally fine way uh, to open this trailer. If, and, and a totally great idea as far as um, uh, like maybe her introduction uh, or a, a, a talk she's having with another character, um, but like it just falls flat. The like the way that that whole uh, that whole piece of dialogue is constructed is just not good. Like it's a good idea that uh, that I think 
a, a really good writer would be able to make into something. I just don't feel like it was really made into something. And then at the at the very tail end of the trailer, you've got the bit where um, like, don't call me chick, you know, call me broad, blah blah blah, bitch, whatever. And then she's like, here, throw this at that person. And it's like definitely played up for comedy. Um, but again, it's like you've got the good. You've got the good, um, at least the precipice of an idea, but I don't feel like there's any delivery with it because the writing is so junky. Like it just it doesn't work for me, um, and like that's why a really good writer is important, and that's why ideas are overrated. Well, let me ask you this because there was only one thing of, of that I, I truly disagreed with, um, and then we're going to move on. Um, do you think Suicide Squad was a good movie? Hell no. Right, you didn't think it was good like at all, right? Uh, I I thought it was okay the first time I saw it. Um, when I tried to rewatch it, it was I could I was just like, wow, yeah, this is way worse than I remember. Um, I still and like, like the movie. <laughs> that's fine. No, no, no. But like I I it just I just didn't like it that the the editing is fucking horrendous. Like just from a filmmaking perspective, the editing and, and like we all know like what went on with that process with you know them trying to use a uh, what like a, um, a a music video company to like make an edit and then audience didn't like that one they didn't like the original edit done by an actual fucking filmmaker which I still think they should have just gone with that uh, so they like tried to combine them and make like a edit that included both parts that people maybe liked from their viewing experiences from each, but then when you hodgepodge those together, it's just – it's totally fucking terrible. But no, on a whole, I did not like the movie. No, I, I didn't bring it up to, to to throw more shade at at the movie. I brought it up because the point I was trying to make to Nick is that movie only did well box office-wise because you marketed it after Harley Quinn, which is very popular – um and will smith well will margot smith. robbie yeah. as as harley quinn and will smith so that's why i said if you market this correctly do not change what you have already shown us your whole marketing tactic will be which is harley quinn you drive that home i mean drive it home in this movie bad or good can still make a crap ton of money just like the suicide squad did it's all about how yeah, you market there you get the one to want to come in and see it so i mean only reason i brought that up nick because i was like <clears throat> when you made that point i was like i was curious how suicide squad did 746 uh million um yeah in the box office so, yeah i mean i guess my i guess my point would be like that's that's all fine and good. That's just not Deadpool money. Like you're not making Deadpool money. Oh, no, no, if you no, have no, no, shit no, movie. no, no. I don't. So. I don't think if this movie had better rating, we would think from a trailer it would it would reach that that much money. Uh, anyway, sure. Um, sure. I, I think it had just the wrong formula. I think to reach Deadpool money, you got to go with the one thing this movie is trying its best not to go with, which is having Joker as the lead, um, and then having it be. <clears throat> excuse me, Joker and his criminal organization um, and Harley trying to get away from it and the birds of prey helping her pry themselves, uh, pry her away from Joker. That, to me, uh, in making it radar, that, to me, is what could 
rival Deadpool money only because it has all the the um the pieces that you need for this Harley Quinn movie to be successful, which is Joker, which is a reasonable story, um, and then the actual <laughs> members of Birds of Prey. So I think if you had done that, I think that would have been a lot better. And had this movie be the sequel to that, this would have been a lot sure. better. But whatever. I don't. Go I don't on. know if you thought about this. Juan, but like, it, like just off off the top of your head, how confident are you that this movie, at, at least in its infancy stages, actually did have the Joker in the Black Mask role, but they had to change it because Jared Leto is like, fuck, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm gonna say not at all, and the reason why okay. is because I think they were looking. I, it would have been too confusing, and here's why. If you make Joker the main villain, not just someone that Harley, um, you know, broke up with. Suicide yeah, you basically Squad, replaced Black Mask with Joker. That's what I'm saying. Right. Suicide Squad ended with him rescuing her in her. Right. You know. That's what I'm saying. So I'm like, so if you that, do that, that complete. No, no, no. What I was gonna say is, if you do that complete flip, they've already made it known that that movie doesn't really exist anymore. That's why they're not showing you Joker. Um, so I think he would have had to have confused a lot of people because then they wait, would have wait. thought, good. But that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I didn't mean like, that's what I'm saying. Like in its infancy stages, like when they first started coming up with the concepts for this, I don't think they were that far ahead. Like James Gunn wasn't doing Suicide Squad 2 yet or The Suicide Squad or whatever you want to call it. No, but saying, like, the when, they, movie when they first thought this, this story up, I, I think they probably, this was going to be her like getting her emancipation from the Joker and then introducing the birds of prey. Who knows if the birds of prey were even involved with it yet, but like, it's hard to well, say when, when what happens, but like, I don't know. I, I think if you took, but, and I'm not suggesting that they should do this or should have done this or anything. I'm, I just think it's curious that like, um, cause I, I, you had mentioned that, um, you got from the trailer, and I didn't get this, but um, that you got from the trailer that she um, had kind of um, like left the Joker and then started a relationship with Black Mask, um, and that seems curious to me. Um, in the in, in basically in the way that like this, if if you did not write that in, you could just do this as if that character was the Joker, and I wonder if that was. Um, maybe the original concept. Well, to be fair, this movie originally was going to be Harley Quinn and Joker that they then broke down into Birds of Prey. Um, but I'm saying I think the original concept um, always had Black Mask in it, but I think the reason Joker is completely out is because this movie was thought about after Todd Phillips had pitched, well, Todd Phillips and Scorsese had pitched a Joker movie. So picture if the Joker movie came out and then you're giving us a trailer with another Joker in it that close together. You would just completely confuse the masses as to what am I paying attention to here? Like with this Joker, this Joker, this is going. I think that's overrated. Um, no, no, no. I, I think if you're, I, I know what you're know, saying, and I don't. I'm not saying you're together. wrong. Yeah, and I'm not saying you're wrong. That that it doesn't not make sense. I'm just saying I think that train of thought is overrated. That like, if if, if I mean, I mean, maybe not. Maybe, maybe 
I, I would say this. I think that train of thought is is stupid in the sense of you, you should be willing to trust your audience a little more. However, I don't necessarily think you're wrong because I don't necessarily think that studios trust their audiences at, like they should. <laughs> so we'll put it that No, way. and obviously they don't listen to their audiences or DC would have had a way better track record to start. All right, uh, let's move on. Um, let's talk about The Gentleman. Uh, this was definitely a movie I knew nothing about, but once I saw, I think I saw Joel posted it. Um, and I was just like, all right, whatever, let me check it out. And then I'm like, I see the name Joel posted and I'm like, does that say Charlie Hunnam? Cause if it says <laughs> Charlie Hunnam, I'm, I'm, I'm sold. Like, you don't, you don't have to tell me anything else only for me to see that my favorite director in the world is a part of it and Guy Ritchie. Um, so that was just an added bonus. Um, this movie looks fun, looks confusing, looks like great dialogue, and it looks like it's allowing um, Matthew McConaughey uh, and a few other the cast members to just be themselves, like be the best versions of themselves. Um, and, and I think I'm going to come out of this movie loving it like I did the last Guy Ritchie movie that no one else liked. Um, so I, I've just... I. I'm convinced that I'm just a stand for Guy Ritchie. I, I think I love everything that this guy does. But, um, Nick, what were your thoughts of The Gentleman? Well, first of all, like, I, we were doing a show, and I, I told you this about this movie. <laughs> I guess you don't remember it. But, like, because you were, you were asking about something about, like, what's Guy Ritchie been doing or, or something like that. And so I, like, pulled it up and, and um, pulled up the IMDb page, and I was like, it's funny, you should ask. He's doing a movie with Matthew McConaughey and Charlie Hunnam, um, and I, I read the description of it, and I was like, wow, sounds fucking cool. Sounds like a return to his roots. Um, is any of this ringing a bell? <laughs> uh, definitely. I mean, look, I'm going to say this. That's probably 100% where I got it from. Um, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's, there's no disagreement there, but if you're asking me to remember if that's where specifically – no, but I, I completely trust that that's fair exactly enough. where I got it from, though. I completely trust that. Hey, that's, that's totally fair. When Like, whenever – like, when when I'm doing the NBA pods, like, I'll be, like, trying to, like, you know, garner the news together since the last pod, and I'm like, fuck, did we talk about that? I don't remember if we <laughs> talked about that. I, was, I need to go back and look and see if we – yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, we did. God, we talked about it for, like, 15 minutes. How do I not remember this? Like, um, So – no, that's fair. Um, but uh, but nevertheless, uh, no, I'm I'm super fucking excited for this movie. I've been excited for it since that show, um, and I was not expecting a trailer this soon because I don't think it comes. I mean, it's obviously 2020, but I think it's like summer of 2020. Um, no, it's January. Which I guess. Oh, it's January. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, that's fucking awesome. That's interesting too because that's usually the dumping ground uh, for bad movies. So maybe they're, uh, that market is, is further expanding since Deadpool dropped in February, and studios are like, let's, let's actually just try to put out a good movie in January and try to make some money. Actually, um, Nick, actually um, what, what I think kind of stirred the, the stigma of January was, remember, um, M. Night Shyamalan, what, what was that one with? Um, glass. Glass. Oh, yes. No, 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 what not Glass. glass? No, not glass. No, it, was, yeah, the, it was the one before that. It was the yeah. shit. I can't remember what it's called. Split. Split. Split, Split. came out yes, in January there you go. and had a very successful box office. And remember, it was off the eve 
of the uh, of Star Wars, and it still managed right. to make money in January. So I think a lot of movies right. now are kind of it's not a dead month. It's just when people aren't expecting good movies to drop. So we'll drop a good movie in January. <laughs> like why right. not? Well, and maybe that's also that's interesting too because um, I don't like I don't I don't know that I, and don't freak out now here, Juwan. Um, but I don't know that, that Guy Ritchie has had a particularly great run as of late. Um, I don't think that uh, Aladdin was as universally well-received as Disney would have liked. Um, I don't think that uh, his couple movies before that made a ton of money. Um, like Even though I love The Man from Uncle, um, I don't think it did very well at the box office. Um, so maybe this is similar to M. Night Shyamalan, where it's like, dude, you haven't made anything like, that makes any money since science. Like, we're dropping it in January. And he's like, all right, man, I'll clean up. <laughs> and so maybe Guy Ritchie's saying the same thing. Um, but uh, but no, nevertheless, as far as the trailer, um, it looks fucking terrific. Like you, you mentioned, talk about like the juxtaposition of dialogue, like between the last movie we talked about and this one. Um, the dialogue just seems very crisp, very Guy Ritchie as far as like, uh, whether it be Lockstock, whether it be Snatch, um, and even some like Rock and Rolla and um, oh shit, I can't remember what it's called, but a uh, Revolver, um, like even those movies that didn't maybe weren't quite as well well received or didn't um, uh, didn't have uh, as as many memorable moments as his first two movies. I still think they're both really good movies. Uh, just for me personally, especially Revolver which I don't think people get. I just don't think they understand it. Um, and and he tries to, like, really tell you at the end of the movie in the end credits where you have all of these people talking about how ego um, is is the fall of man. And, like, I don't, I, I, I don't know how, how much more clear he could have been other than outlining that specifically within the movie, but you don't want to do that. But anyway, I digress. Uh, I fucking love this trailer. Um, I like how you said like he he picked these actors and is just kind of letting them do their thing. Um, I don't I don't necessarily see it exactly that way, um, but I do think there is some like hitting nail hitting the nail on the head. I mean, have having Matthew McConaughey be the the this big weed dealer um, <laughs> is is very um, awesome <laughs> and makes a lot of sense, um, but. I uh, I loved it. I loved it from front to back. Uh, Hugh Grant like shows up and, and like at the beginning of the trailer, and I'm like, who the fuck is that? Hugh Grant? Holy shit, that is Hugh Grant. Um, and I can't remember the last time I saw him in a movie. Um, so like that seems like super cool. I could just imagine Hugh Grant being like a fan of like Guy Ritchie's like like early stuff and like you know him just. Being like, hey, I want to be involved in this movie. Like, I, I my, like my agent like showed me the script. Like, like let Guy Ritchie know I really want to be involved in this movie. Um, and like it just like working out like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, the the cast is awesome. Um, I, I I fucking love when Colin Farrell gets to really like um, like exist in his own. Uh, being as far as uh, his his true accent and his true voice, um, it's one of the reasons I love In Bruges so much. I think movies where um, Colin Farrell gets to play an Irishman are just way better 
portrayals than when Colin Farrell tries to do like an American accent. I just think he comes off as so much more genuine. Um, and his little line is like, uh, he, what does he say? Fuck. Uh, and he's like, but it's spelled with a PH. So, you know, you gotta, <laughs> so you pronounce it fuck. Uh, and, um, like that little bit was fucking hilarious. And like the first time I watched the trailer, I couldn't understand a word that he fucking said. And I was like, yes, that's my Colin Farrell right there. Um, so yeah, I was like, I was like a little kid in a candy store watching this trailer and, oh my God, I can't wait for this movie, uh, to come out. That's awesome that it comes out in January. Um, cause there's not going to be shit to see other than that. So that's definitely going to be the, uh, the, the quintessential movie that I want to go check out uh, come January. So, yeah, man, I'm super fucking excited. But, yeah, I'm glad it comes out in January because it'll give me an excuse to stop seeing Star Wars a uh, hundred different times. Um, <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, it'll give me a nice, nice break. Um, but, yeah, like I said, anything Charlie Hunt, I mean, you got me sold. I don't even think the first time I saw the trailer, I paid much attention to anything after I saw Charlie Hunt. I just, oh, yeah, no, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. It's just now, how can I talk Joel into going to see this movie? That was the only thing I thought about after I saw Charlie Hunnam. Just, I got to get Joel to go see this. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a phenomenal movie. I actually just saw Nick. Um, uh, Guy Ritchie is doing a action thriller with Jason Statham. That's his new, uh, that's his next movie. Um, once he's completely done with this, that's the next movie he goes into production uh, doing. Is a action thriller with Jason Statham. Um, so I'm glad those two get to work together again. Um, I like the last time those two worked together. They're a very good um, good pairing. Uh, Tia. Yes. Um, the gentleman, Tia, uh, were you also blown away by just seeing Charlie Hum, or did you actually pay attention to the trailer? <laughs> <unlike myself? laughs> I have to say that the trailer was really well done. Uh, Love the music in the trailer. Uh, yes. As Nick said that he, uh, who was it that you said you couldn't understand what he was saying? Colin Farrell. Uh, yeah, I, I felt the same way, and I loved it. I was like, I love, like, to me, I feel like that's almost like Guy Ritchie's, like, formula. He just gets a bunch of, like, British dudes and, like, Irish dudes in it, and, like, I can't really understand it, but I love it. I'm like, he's talking. Uh, I'll just read the subtitles. It's fine. But <laughs> I, have to, I, I have to admit, Juan, you're going to, like, kill me right now. And I, oh, no. this is not to this is not to say that I was never a fan of Charlie Hunnam. I just never saw him in the capacity of flexing his acting chops the way that you have presented him as. But I, I am happy to say that is completely erased now after I saw this trailer because I was like, I love him in this. He is he looks like he really is enjoying his part in this movie, and he really just kind of dove into it and he's allowing himself to be this character and I, I love the aesthetics of it. I loved what I saw of it. Love that Matthew McConaughey's in it. It just looks like a fun trailer, action packed and I don't know. I, I think personally I think this movie might do pretty well because people are looking for an exciting action film to go see in the box office that say isn't a comic book film, and I think that this could really uh, be something like that. So I'm excited for the gentleman. I had never heard about it up until you put it on the docket for this uh, this podcast, and I'm glad that you did so that I could actually be aware that this movie exists. Hey, Tia, yeah, check I- out a movie called 
called The Ledge. Not Man on a Ledge, which came out around the same time, but just The, the Ledge. Ledge. It's uh, mm-hmm. Charlie Hunnam, Liv Tyler, and oh shit, I can't think of his name. Uh, Orm from uh, from Aquaman. Um, Patrick Wilson that, or something. That is correct. Uh, and it is really, really good. Like, it, it, I would highly recommend that movie. That that showcases Charlie Hunnam's acting chops better than probably any other movie I've ever seen him in. Okay, right. Cool. Any, I'll definitely put that on the list. Any other movie, but Sons of Anarchy. That that Sons of Anarchy. Sure. Watch that. But like, I Watch I still that. think. Yeah, but like I mean I. It, Asking someone to watch all of Sons of Anarchy is, is kind of a it's <laughs> kind of a task. Uh, the is like a cool it's like a cool two hours, and uh, you get to see um, Liv Tyler. Um, you get to see her tits, so that's nice. <laughs> I guess so. Always a um, <laughs> All right. Um, no, but seriously, Charlie Hunnam actually did a movie with. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, what's his name from uh that played Freddie Mercury? Ah, oh, I can't think of his name. Uh, Rami Malek. Yes, and I thought that movie. Um, I saw the trailer for it. I thought that movie was really, really, really good. Actually, I'm waiting for it to pop up somewhere so I could watch it. I didn't know when it was in theaters. Like after I saw the trailer, and then I'm like, I don't think it's still there. So that movie did look really, really, really good. But yes, yeah, see it. Why all the other one? The other one, and I don't know, this may be the one that you're talking about, but uh, the Lost City of Z, um, that was that was one that he was the main character in that I I've heard really good things about, but I still haven't um, still haven't had a chance to like actually sit down and watch it. Um, but yeah, I mean he's got he's got some uh, some movies that aren't like he just hasn't had that big movie where um, like he gets to be the lead of it that's like just really good. Um, but he's got like a lot of these movies that are really good, and he performs very well in them. That are just kind of these low budget movies that don't necessarily get the the shine that maybe they deserve. I do want to see. Um, actually, I've been thinking about this for a while. I actually want to see a Charlie Hunnam led, um, uh, Ben Affleck directed movie. That's what I want to see, and yeah, I think that's good. the perfect person to pair with him to get him on that bigger stage. Um, is pairing him up with Ben Affleck. And I think if you do that, yeah. you won't have to worry about selling people on Charlie Hunnam anymore. They'll get it. Um, but there all right, you go. Let's move on. Uh, let's move on to another trailer. Um, this trailer I actually thought was the worst out of any trailer I've seen in the past year. <laughs> um, and that's The Kingsman. Uh, mainly because I think it's stupid to go that far back. Also, I think it's stupid you're still making movies um, about the Kingsman. Uh, and also, <laughs> um, just the idea of it was completely idiotic. Horribly done. Um, made me hate Ralph Fiennes. Um, I was like, really? <laughs> this, yeah, no, this was just god-awful. I hated every second of sitting through that trailer. I actually, I'm starting to get mad at Nick now for putting it on here and making me watch this trailer again. Um, <laughs> But, I did it just for you, Juwan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to see that. I'm starting to see that. Um, but no, I'll, I'll go to you first, uh, Mr. Torturer. Um, Nick, what were your thoughts of the Kings? I thought it was good. Uh, like I, I watched. I had, a, I never saw the Golden Compass. Um, 
I watched the first one and it was fine. Um, like I, I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, I, I obviously the, the big scene that, that like I will always like associate with that movie is like the church massacre scene with the backdrop of Freebird. Like, um, like that is forever ingrained in my head. Um, and it's like the one thing that I really remember from that movie. Um, which is, you know, which is good. Like you, if nothing else, uh, you made a, you know, kind of a, I would, I hesitate to say throwaway action movie, but, um, you know, something to that effect. Uh, but you have like just such a, um, like such, such a jarring scene that it just sticks in everyone's memory. Um, so like that's you know at least they got that going for them. Um, but like I was never like really wrapped up in the series. I never watched the second one. But I thought it was, and really the real reason that I put it on here, other than I think a lot of uh, a lot of our listeners probably like these movies. Um, the, the, but the real reason uh, is because of the, the, you know, the time jump and the fact that it's a period piece that takes place, um, you know, during World War One. Um, I think that is interesting. I, I do kind of like um, the fact that they're, uh, you know, doing going that route. Um, I, I like Ray Fiennes. I think he's a really good actor, um, and so I, I wonder what he'll bring uh, to to the series here. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it looks very much like the other two. Um, it, it's probably not going to be anything like super spectacular. Um, but I mean, I'm more interested in seeing this than I, than I ever was the golden compass. Um, so yeah, like maybe when it, when it hits Redbox or, you know, drops on HBO or something like that, I'll sit down, I'll give it a watch. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna say two things. One, it's circle because you had me, you had me looking up Golden Compass, and I'm like, oh yeah, oh, Golden Compass. It's circle, but the movie was so forgettable, Nick. I completely forgive that <laughs> you can see the compass in the, in the circle. Isn't there it, a movie called that. the Golden Compass though? There is. Am I... That's why I got okay. confused. I'm like, wait, is the Golden Compass <laughs> part of this franchise? Uh, I'm like, I thought there was a, like a bear or something in Golden Compass, but um, uh, <laughs> no, I. <laughs> It's funny because I remember telling my dad this. We couldn't get a sequel or even a prequel to Wanted, but they will give us 300 different versions of, you know, of this Kingsman. And it's annoying. Like, this this looks horrible. (laughs) This shouldn't have happened. And it's like, this should go straight to Redbox. This shouldn't even have a theatrical release. Come out on Hulu or something. This is a stupid idea. Um, the first one I thought could be considered um, you know, a possible action classic, um, depending on who you talk to. I can see someone saying no. I can see someone saying yes. Um, but it will forever bother me that we will get nothing else from Wanted, but they will continue to make more Kingsman films. Like that. That's just the world we live in. And I, I, that's I funny. blame. I mean, I. Go ahead. I do. I do think those movies are about on the same level. I mean, I, I saw Wanted, I saw Kingsman, and nothing really stands out to me a whole bunch about it other than that that church scene. And then I don't want to spoil Wanted for those who haven't seen it, but the very end of the movie, when everyone's lying in a circle, like that that little scene, like that was um, that was the one that stood out, if you will. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I I can feel you there. I mean, if 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 
Hollywood is going to give you a sequel to one. They probably should have given you a sequel to the other. That's all I'm saying. And to have seen how the world of Wanted was created is way more interesting to see than seeing how the world of Kingsman is created, where they're literally just really good at their jobs. In Wanted, they're curving bullets. And it's like, yeah, why would you think I would want to see more of that? Well, I'll tell you this. Looking back, maybe. But when that movie came out, I was completely – they curving a bullet? Like something that <laughs> simple completely blew my mind. And I would have rather – How old were you when that movie came out? Like 13, 14? Let me see because I, I don't want to lie to you. Let me, let me see. Keep talking I think it was 2008. I'm pretty sure it was 2008 when that movie came it out. It was 2008. It was 2008. Boom. Yeah, it was I'm 2008. Really good at movie release dates. Um, you are. Yeah, as as kind of if I ever went on to uh, what is it, um, uh, the Schmodown, um, that'd be one of my topics where I'd be like, yeah, give me that one, give me movie release dates. Um, so yeah, what you were thirteen? Probably around there, yeah. Yeah, so like that's why you were like down with the curving bullet the bullets thing. You know, like oh wow, dude, they're curving bullets, like. Nick, I was not as down with the curving bullets thing. <laughs> Nick, I, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. If they told me tomorrow they're doing a wanted two where they're still just curving <laughs> bullets, I'd be just as amazed now as I was then. I'm I'm not even gonna lie to you, man. Hey man, so uh, you. let's get let's get uh, Alicia Vikander or Vikander, however you pronounce her name. She could she could play. She's playing young Laura Croft. Why can't she play uh, young uh, Angelina Jolie bullet curving girl you know, in, in a I'm prequel? You know what else I'm thinking? Get John David Washington to be a younger Morgan Freeman. Like, come on. We're, oh. we're selling it right now. We're selling it right now. There you go. I, I got to We're making studios way too much money. Tia, um, <laughs> your thought. Your thought. Every week, Nick, we, the three of us create ideas for movies that I am a thousand percent sure studios are listening to, but we won't remember it when it happens. We're just going to see it. And then one day someone's going to be like, Juwan, didn't you guys talk about this on an episode? And I'm like, I don't remember. I don't know. Maybe. Juwan, um, Juwan, yeah. I just got through telling you it's in our way too long 30-minute opening rant about uh, um, Birds of Prey. Ideas are overrated, my friend. <laughs> like, everyone's got ideas. You got to write it. That is a good point. But if they're listening and they write it, I guess I still kind of did the legwork. Um, right. It's yeah. not the legwork. That is the it's opposite the leg of work. the legwork. It's the legwork. The legwork is actually sitting down and fucking writing the thing, dude. Well, they're writing what I gave the concept to, so I did do the legwork. <laughs> I started. I pedaled. That is not legwork. <laughs> Whatever. Tomato, tomato. Legwork. Anyway, Tia, your thoughts on the Kingsman? <laughs> um, were you blown away by seeing World War One? Uh, we're gentlemen, very stupid, horrible, whatever. Like, are you excited to see that? I just have to say really quick before I get on my, uh, you know, give my opinions on the trailer. I remember back in the day I was coming up with, like, a character and a concept, and I was really excited about it. I really thought, like, I had something going. And then I remember the first, like, poster of Underworld getting, like, promoted. And I was like, God damn it. And, like, like pretty much grasped what I was writing because the characters that I wrote looked exactly 
like who they got. And I was like, okay, never mind then. It's shit now. It's shit. But um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Juwan, I'm going to have to agree with Nick. I thought this trailer looked awesome. And to me, it was like my favorite trailer out of the list of everything that we were going through. First of all, again, I have to mention the song. You have War Pigs by Black Sabbath in it. And I was freaking stoked about it. I was like, this is so cool looking. And this comes from someone who did not see the previous movies at all. So I have no idea about really the mythos or anything like it. I just thought it looked like a kick-ass movie. Um, I don't know, John, what you like dislike about this so much. Because to me, it looks like a really good movie. Um, it looks action-packed. I don't mind that it's taken place during World War I. Um, we have too many things, essentially, centering around World War Two. So let's move on to the first World War. I don't know. I thought it looked cool. I thought Ralph Fiennes looked good in it. Um, the, the one guy, um, shit, I forget his name, but the one guy who was in Guardians of the Galaxy and then reprised his role for Captain Marvel, he's in it. He looked freaking badass in it. I, I don't know. I don't know, Juwan. Maybe I have oh. to look at this through your like lens, but through my <laughs> lens, I, I I thought it was I thought it looked good. So hold on. So let me get this straight. You didn't see the first two movies, right? No, I did not see the first two movies. Okay. And Nick, you didn't see the second one. No, I did not. Okay. So my stance of why I hated this trailer so much is because the fatigue. <laughs> the movies progressively got worse. And I feel like this is just going to be the third of a horrible franchise. Like, this franchise is starting to crumble. Um, I I feel the same way about this franchise that I felt when I heard they were doing it. And Nick, I know you're going to jump on me immediately as soon as I say this. But the same feeling I got when I heard they were doing another crank. I was like, why? Why? You leave it alone. Leave it alone. You don't touch that first movie. And then I see the second movie, and I'm like, I paid money for this. So what I'm Crank saying is... is way better than the first one. You want. It is nowhere near as good as the first one. Oh, it is so much better. It is so we much better. It is not, it's not that it's necessarily a better film, because neither one of them are good films. But it's, like, it's right. like it's in recognition that it's not a good film. And so it's like, fuck it, let's just fucking turn this shit up to 11, and it's fucking great. It's the schlockiest fucking so, shit. It's fucking hilarious. So <laughs> What are you saying, Tia? I was going to say, you're acting like that is so sacrilegious to have made a sequel to, but you're, you're sitting there perfectly okay if they ever redid The Godfather. I don't understand you, Juwan. I feel like sometimes what, what, I do, no, 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 and then no, no, sometimes no, I don't. No, 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 no. Hold on. Time out. What do I always say when I, when I, uh, when I talk about that, Tia? I, if you told you say me if Leonardo DiCaprio is in it, <laughs> and Martin Scorsese decide to do it, I am not going to be one of those people that say no, you can't touch that. I would be, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I think we can agree. Crank two, nowhere near a Scorsese or Leonardo DiCaprio level. Um, that's the only reason why I'd be okay with well, them ever. Wait, but that's all the more reason why there should be like it's fine that there's a Crank sequel. And why the Godfather should totally never be fucking touched. Like, yeah. No. 
No, 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 no. I'm a fucking masterpiece. Like, I'm not saying no. I want it to be touched. I'm saying the only way I'd be okay You're with it being You're saying that you would touched. be okay with it under certain circumstances, and I'm saying yeah. there are no circumstances. There are none. Where it's okay. Nick, it's fucking movie Nick, alone. Nick, you are lying on air. If you're telling me tomorrow, if they said Scorsese yes. and DiCaprio were doing a remake of Godfather, you would say, nope, nope, not interested. I would exactly say, nope, nope, you should not be doing this. All right. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that. Okay. I'm going to remember that. We titled these, like, so now I can't. He's not ever going to do the Godfather. You need to come up okay. with somebody who's more contemporary. Like Scorsese, okay. he's got his own. Uh, he's got his own list of gangster films. Why would he fucking try to touch Francis Francis Ford Coppola's? It would make no sense. All right, I'm just saying, and and the, the, let's, so angry we even talked about Crank. God, that makes me so angry. Let's move on. Let, let's talk about good trailers. I know I brought it up, but it's because we had to talk about the stupid Kingsman trailer. But anyway, um, the Irish. <laughs> um, speaking of good films and good trailers, and you know, and good possible worlds that that are being built. But anyway, this movie. As soon as I saw the trailer, well, th- this last trailer essentially, um, I'm like, man, I loved it. But then, like, my dad was like, you know, it's three hours, right? And I'm like, wait a minute, hold on, it's what? It's like it's three hours. I'm like. I hate you can be in the comfort of your own home. I still despise the idea of three hours being a format for any movie. Uh, it just, it's too much time. You're asking me <laughs> too much time. And you, um, and you say you'd be all right with a remake for Godfather, but you don't like three hour movies. Fuck off, come on. No, 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 no. Time out, time out, time out. Would they have to shorten the Godfather remake down to a crisp two and a half hours for you? No, I want an hour, 15 minutes, and I'm good. Move me on to the next. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, again, obviously it being uh, released first, well, not first, but released on Netflix, I could pause it, go back to it, makes it easier. Even though I hate the idea of pausing and going back, because I always feel like I missed something, so now I have to watch it over again. Um, but this movie does look like not only will it be one of the um, the faces of the Oscars, um, it's just one of those films that just you kind of look at and you go, this is cinema. Like th- this is one of the movies you look at and you go, this is how masterpieces are made. Um, it just from every beat, from the dialogue, from the actors, from the direction of where it looks like it's going to where possibly these group of guys had something to do with the death of Kennedy. Or, or anything like that. Uh, this just looks like such a funny movie. Um, so, I mean, I, I can't wait. Uh, let me pass it on. Uh, T, I'm actually going to start with you. Your thought, Your thoughts, sorry, on The Irishman. Yeah, I, um, I just think it looks good. I, as soon as, I think I said this, as soon as, you know, I've heard Martin Scorsese with, uh, you know, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Al Pacino. That's just a fantastic recipe. The first trailer blew me away, and I think the second trailer even more so just solidified that this is going to be a really good film, um, just the way that it looks like it's being shot, uh, the acting. I like the plot that they're uh, promoting in on it. And I'm sorry, Juwan, but I don't understand your problem 
the three-hour movies. There are some movies where it is warranted, and especially since this is going to be a Netflix movie, you don't even have to go and pay to go to the theater to see it. If you want, you can pause it. Go get yourself a cup of coffee, eat a little, come back to it. Like, I don't know. I, I don't see what the problem is, especially since it looks like a good film that you're going to be completely immersed in, and that's what I want, and that's what I expect from a Martin Scorsese film. Well, I can tell you right now, Tia, my, my biggest issue with three-hour-long films is if you go to the most, the more notable of the three-hour uh, films that we've had in the past, let's just say decade, you go to the biggest, you go to Avatar, that I think was almost three hours, um, definitely didn't need to be. You go Endgame, definitely didn't need to be. The Dark Knight was almost three hours. That movie definitely didn't need to be almost three hours. Like it's just it's it's unnecessary amount of time. Like why? Why are what about you three hours? The Godfather, the Godfather is like something you never you never talk bad about the Godfather to you. Okay, <laughs> it just does not happen. Okay? Well, you're you're sitting here, you know, saying that you don't think three hour movies are necessary. I mean, aren't they? Right. the Lord of the Rings movies like four hours long or some shit like that? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah and the extended cut they are. They spent yeah. an hour and 30 minutes just walking on a tree. Like, yes, that's my prime example. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hot like, fired. I love it. <laughs> to me, I feel like when you do three hours, it's the equivalent of a season of a show having like 23 episodes, but like 15 of them are fillers. Why? Just shorten the season. You don't need 23 episodes because you're just giving me filler. So if you're giving me three hours and an hour and change is just dialogue, it better be the best dialogue I've ever heard in my life. Or it's a waste. Get rid of it. Trim it. So that's my issue with three-hour movies. You can't name me five great three-hour movies. You just can't. Oh, I can. Go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Godfather. Uh, Godfather 2. Um, <laughs> Dr. Zhivago. Um, fucking uh, Gone with the Wind. Uh, oh shit. Um, I'm trying to make sure I get it to three hours, so you don't come back and be like, actually, that one was two hours and fifty six minutes. No, um, if it's close to three hours, I'll give it to you. If it's close to three hours, uh, I will give it. Apocalypse to you. Now. There you go. There's five. <laughs> oh my god, Gone with the Wind was almost three hours, or was three hours? No, Gone with the Wind is a like a legit three and a half hours. It had an intermission in everything. <laughs> You sat through that? And it is it is a fucking masterpiece. Like Oh my god. God bless you. God bless you. All right, tell you what, past decade, go. <laughs> uh I mean I'd have to fucking Wait, have a list, man. I have, like I, I have to interrupt for one second. Gone with the wind was nearly four hours. It was three hours right. and fifty eight minutes. There you go. That's what I was saying. That's disgusting. That is disgusting. It's making me sick hearing that. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. It literally, it had an intermission. Like, it was, you know, that whole, like, let's all go to the lobby. Like, yeah, that so was it. Like, yeah. So yeah. That um, movie, that's... It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, which Rat Race was, like, inspired by. That had intermission as well. There was intermissions yeah. back in the day, Juwan. You would have hated it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, totally took me out of the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I would have got up and left. You serious? Not sitting through that crap. Um, all right, Nick. I'll, <laughs> well, I'll go to point? you. You can get up and go pee or go get a treat or whatever. You know. 
if I get up, Nick, it's to leave and never return. And I'm asking for my money back. Sitting through almost <laughs> four hours of that crap. Um, Nick, your thoughts on the Irishman? Uh, I think it, just to be brief, because um, we have ranted for quite some time now, um, I, I, I think it looks awesome. I really do. I think, uh, first of all, just the de-aging technology looks really fucking good, like really well done. I didn't get any sort of uncanny valley um, sort of um, you know feeling from any of this, and obviously we know like a large portion of this movie is is going to be reliant upon that de-aging technology. Um, so that's that's awesome. And you know it's funny it, like when you sit and you watch like these trailers, and you and not only are they doing de-aging, but they they're doing like um, like a, like they're aging these characters um, in various different stages. So it's not it doesn't seem like it's just um, you know the, the, their older selves and then their younger selves. There's like various stages um, of de-aging that they're using. Um, and it looks very masterfully done. It looks like it was paid um, extra close attention to, uh, and it just makes you like. For me personally, like when I watch this trailer, I'm just like, really Disney? Like fucking Rogue One? Like fucking Tarkin? Like you could like come on, man. It just makes me even more pissed off that like they just fucking Tarkin looks worse than a goddamn video game. Um, like. I, 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 it just, oh, it gets me. It, it sticks in my crawl. But um, nevertheless, uh, yeah, this this looks fantastic. Uh, I can't wait to like watch it. I will definitely probably pause it at least twice um, during like like right after like key tense moments. Like I usually do this for like um, very tense movies. I'll like pause it. And, and walk outside and smoke a cig and just fucking decompress a little bit and then come back in and, like, be, like, right there, right uh, immersed in the movie again. Um, I like doing that when I when I have the option. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited, and I'm glad it's hit Netflix. I'm glad um, that, uh, that I have that option with a movie that looks like it's going to have some of those really, really tense moments. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and, and just... Uh, you know, a movie about Jimmy Hoffa is awesome. I think it's very interesting too um, that like <laughs> he's like uh, like Jimmy Hoffa is like a, a, like totally like an Irish dude, and they're and they're like fuck it, we'll get Al Pacino to play. <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> I mean I'm not yeah. complaining at all. I'm just I think in the in like that age of um, you know that we live in today where we're like. Um, and, and I subscribe to this a lot too, but like, we're, we're certainly like, um, look like this character is of this particular heritage. It's, it's important that you pick somebody to play him or her that, you know, is, is of that same, uh, kind of heritage. And Scorsese is just like, dude, I got my guys. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, these are my guys. I use them for every movie. Like, I'm like um, so I, uh, I th- I think that's kind of funny, um, but yeah, I, it, it it definitely doesn't bother me. I I know Scorsese. I know he likes he likes to work with his people, um, and uh, you know the, all of his people are really good actors. So um, yeah, I, I I'm totally on board for it. And the the best 
I just say this real quick. The best little tidbit from this particular trailer um, is you know when when uh you know they, they basically say like something to the effect of like Jimmy Hoffa he's got away with the people and then like they cut to the scene where like the dude pulls the gun out at him and he's giving the speech about when a guy pulls a gun you charge him uh you know he pulls out a knife you run away so gun charge knife run. <laughs> like I just fucking love that. Like that's so fucking awesome. Um, I, I I can't wait. I can't wait for this movie. Yeah, and speaking of good de aging, Ang Lee should have maybe taken a couple of uh, classes from Martin Scorsese, so Jim and I man wouldn't have looked so trash. But all right, let's move on. Um, speaking of Martin Scorsese, uh, and in it in an interview, don't know why that was so difficult for me to to say. In an interview with Empire, uh, Scorsese said Marvel movies aren't cinema and compared them to theme park rides. All right, now, this is going to get a lot of people upset with me. I'm going to take the theme park rides uh, portion of that that statement completely out because I disagree with that. But I completely agree with him that Marvel movies are not cinema. Um, They just – they're not. They're not. Um, DC, uh, I'd say Joker – and Logan can be looked as uh, looked at as um, pieces of cinema, um, but let, 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 let's be real. They, they're not cinema. <laughs> These movies are not cinema. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, what about Iron Man? What about Black Panther? What about Endgame? Really, really, really good movies. Not cinema. Um, to me, I kind of feel like superhero movies have an added advantage um, when it comes to making them into movies is because regardless, I mean, we just said this was Suicide Squad. We didn't think it was a good movie, but it still made a lot of money. Why? Because it, it acquiesces to, to certain things that people really enjoy. Like it had Batman in it, had Harley Quinn, had Joker. So if you're fans of that, you're going to go see it. Um, a, a regular movie that doesn't really have much to acquiesce to has to sell itself on just being a good movie. It doesn't have anything else to market itself off of. And I think that is what makes, um, I think to me, I'm not saying the actual definition, to me, that is one of the definitions um, I look at when I separate the two um, between a superhero movie and uh, trying to think of a Scorsese movie, um, Shutter Island, like the difference between the two. Um, But I mean, I I don't think... That's the one you went to? I was trying to think of the one that, that was the most different from most of the movies Scorsese has done. And that's the most different. And I mean, unless someone wants to say Hugo, but I mean, Shutter Island is the most different. Uh, Or I'd say it stands out (laughs) more so because a lot of his films are somewhat the same thing. Um, But to me, I I I think he did that one. That may have been somebody different though. I can't remember. Oh, I'm not even sure. I won't even speak to that. I'm not even sure. Um, but again, the point is, and I'm going to pass it to you, Nick. My point is, I don't think that's necessarily a knock. Um, I, I don't know why we are looking at Marvel movies to be cinema. Um, I mean, they just, they are what they are and they're great superhero movies. They're great movies, if you, even if you want to say that. But I do think we should start realizing there's a difference between movies. There's a difference between cinema. Um, or, or no, I'm sorry, not cinema. I'm sorry. I apologize. There's a difference between movies and difference between films. I think films more so to me fall under cinema and movies like um, superhero movies are just 
movies, not popcorn flicks, but they're just movies. Um, but Nick, your thoughts on Martin Scorsese's comment um, about Marvel movies not being cinema and comparing them to theme park rides, the ultimate shade. Um, I, I think that everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, and it doesn't surprise me that like an 80 year old director doesn't like comic book movies. Um, so like, I, you know, I, I'm, it's fine. Like, I mean, he's absolutely entitled to his opinion. I, I'm not going to like get upset about it. Um, I disagree with him and I guess I disagree with you, Juan. Um, I mean, it, here's what I'll say as far as, um, as, as particularly Marvel movies, because that's what he was really talking about. He wasn't talking about your Logan or your Joker or even your Dark Knight. He was he was talking about the MCU uh, movies. Um, he said he tried to get into them, but he like he just couldn't because it's just not cinema to him. I would say that for maybe some of those early movies, ex- excluding Iron Man. Um, I could kind of see that where – like those are not the cream of the crop as far as Marvel movies. Even Avengers, as much as I love it, um, it isn't necessarily the cream of the crop. Um, like I, I – but I do – like for him to say those movies aren't cinema, um, and, and I guess it just depends on what you qualify as cinema. I mean I think it's all cinema. Um, even bad movies, like I mean, I don't, I don't know how any particular person uh, qualifies what that means. Um, but I mean, some of these later uh, Marvel movies have been really, really good, like just really good movies, even just really good standalone movies. Um, and uh, I think you know he goes on to say something about the uh, necessary emotional investment with characters. And it's like, dude, you can't tell me that, like, when fucking Tony Stark dies uh, at the end of um, Endgame, that, like, that's not emotional. Like, that is so fucking emotional. Like, that is that is the crux of emotional um, movie making and characters and everything else. So, I mean, ultimately, I just disagree with him. I think that, like... Some of those movies are better than others, sure, but, like, some of his own movies are better than others. Like, I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, this Martin Scorsese movie was trash or whatever. I mean, for the most part, I think he's had a very good career, and even his lesser movies um, I think are, are, are pretty good. Um, but nevertheless, like, I don't see how you can say that if you – if you like, if if you're prefacing that with, well, I tried to get into them, but I just couldn't watch them because they're not cinema. Well, like, yeah, then then like, it, then you haven't watched enough to really know what you're talking about here, in my opinion. Um, not to say that like I know more about movies than Scorsese. Like, I'm definitely not taking that approach. Um, but like, you know, if you haven't watched them all, then I don't necessarily think you can have. Um, the most formulated opinion about them is, is I guess, all I'll say. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, we, this is we're we're not strangers to this. I think Jennifer Aniston came out and said something about um, how Marvel movies are, are you know, um, I, I don't remember exactly what her quote was, but something to the effect of they're hurting 
uh, Hollywood or something like that. Um, and, and there's been people along the way who, who like haven't been the biggest fans of those movies and their popularity. Um, what I really think it boils down to is they're just jealous. They're jealous that these movies and, – and I'm not saying they're wrong for being jealous, but they're jealous that these movies have captured some kind of zeitgeist within um, you know, audiences and that general audiences have fallen in love with these movies, and they want to go see them. Um, and they're like – they don't get it. Like They're just like, what? Like Why do you want to go see that movie over – Either this movie that I watched that I thought was great, or the movie that I made that I, you know, I thought was great. Um, oh, the other person that comes to mind is the um, the writer, um, and I can't remember his name, but he wrote Hell or High Water. I remember Dane was really upset with um, his take uh, about Marvel movies back in like 2016, um, and so the guy who wrote Hell or High Water, which is a fucking masterpiece of a movie, I highly recommend it. Um, like he doesn't like comic book movies just in general, um, you know, because for much the same reason that Scorsese said, um, and I, I feel like I said the same thing then, like he's entitled to his opinion. I get it. Like I get, and I get the jealousy aspect, like hell or high water is a far superior movie than 99% of like comic book movies. Like it just is. Um, and honestly, it's like, I mean, there's probably only like two that I've seen that I would even put in the same like level as that movie. Um, and you know, the fact that, you know, a lot of people aren't rushing out to see that movie, but they are rushing out to see something like say suicide squad. Yeah. That I could see how that's frustrating. Um, but I, I just think blanket statements like that are, um, um, I guess I'll say, uh, misinformed or uneducated um maybe ignorant would be the right word um because i do think a lot of these movies surpass um especially as of late surpass the um the 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 whole shtick of what a comic book movie is and you know i feel like someone like martin scorsese like you know he's probably gonna when he thinks of a comic book movie he's probably gonna think of like you know batman from the 90s you know, or you know, or something like Superman from from the '80s or, or early. Uh, I'm sorry, late '70s. Um, and like, I don't. I think we're so far removed from that. And um, you know, I, I I wouldn't expect him to get with the times. Uh, I it's I got no problem with his opinion, but I'm I myself disagree. I don't think anyone who makes comments against the superhero world, I, I, I personally don't get why anyone gets upset about it. Um, I mean, I it, it's obviously it's obviously coming from a standpoint of, hey, I put out a really good movie, but you wouldn't know it exists because Star Wars or, or Marvel or DC, right. sure. those movies are yeah. flooding. Um, not only flooding, but remember, Disney has a deal with these theaters to be almost half their showing. So if your movie right. released anywhere near it, it's being flooded out. Um, so right. I mean, I and this, get it. and this is this is one of Tarantino's big complaints with Disney. This is why he right. doesn't like Disney um, because right. of think, that particular, um, I guess, request or or demand rather that like their movies. Um, if you're going to show their movies, you have to show X amount of their movies, um, right. and that's you know obviously 
<laughs> prevents other studios from um, you know, finding little spots to put their movies in. Uh and, and honestly, it's it's totally unnecessary for Disney to like I mean, how many times have you seen a Disney movie, Juan, on your like maybe second or third or fourth rewatch, um, where you're sitting in a theater with like four other people? I mean, I, when I saw Venom, I was in that theater with two other people. <laughs> like, um, yeah, like you don't need to you don't need to have it be shown that many fucking times. Like, people will go see it um, regardless. You're not really going to hurt your bottom line. Um, by having it shown like maybe ten or twenty percent less. Yeah, I, I when I spoke with and I'm gonna pass it right to you, Tia. When I spoke with an executive producer, we were we were saying how the movie industry is going to very soon um become split where you only have Oscar movies and you only have your um uh your box office movies. Uh now whether that's a fan uh a fast and furious movie or a Transformers movie, or a Marvel or DC movie, it's going to become split. Um, and we were saying how we would, we were hoping, this was months ago, we were hoping Joker could bridge the two to where you could get great filmmakers to take a comic book movie and, and make it to where it doesn't feel like a comic book movie. It feels like a film. And that's what Joker felt like. At no point did I believe anything in that movie could not actually happen in real life. Like there was nothing of that movie that felt like a comic book. Um, and, and as much as I want to say the same for Logan, it still had the elements of soup, you know, of being a superhero. So like that kind of takes a little bit away from it. But with with Joker, there was nothing like that. There was no Batman. Like it's not a spoiler to you, Nick. There's no Batman in it. You know what I'm saying? Like there wasn't. There was nothing that made you think like, oh my god, like is this this is a superhero thing. Like it just felt like a film. Um, so to me, I kind of feel like if you're a filmmaker and you're looking and you're kind of like, I hate the idea that if I release my movie between the months of February and, um, and, you know, in August, there's a great chance it gets completely flooded out. And I mean, that's a very real possibility. I mean, you can make the same case that anyone who's doing rock and roll completed it completely. I'm sorry, probably hated the nineties when, uh, when hip hop completely took over, so it was like that's not music. Like they're not playing any instruments. You know what I'm saying? So to me, we we always have that in some sense of of you know of the world to where you have somebody who's been doing something for so long who then gets overshadowed by something, and it's like I hate it. Like I hate everything about yeah, it. Yeah, and it's like I said, it's a jealousy factor, and I get it. I totally get it, and I I don't have any qualms with. Um, uh, anybody thinking that per se, um, I just don't necessarily think they're right. I think the notion that, uh, like to use your analogy, I think the notion that um, hip hop isn't music is um, antiquated. Um, now, I think maybe you could make a better argument for that now, <laughs> um, but in the <laughs> '90s, uh, like, dude, hip hop was this really raw, from the heart, like. Um, uh, very socially conscious um, ex, ex, form of of, um, uh, of of what am I trying to say here? Uh, expression, um, and yeah. and I think uh, I think that's totally music. I think that's totally art. Um, I think um, uh, Shia LaBeouf said it best 
when uh, in a recent interview he, he was asked if memes are art, and he said absolutely. He said anything that makes you feel is art. Um, and I would challenge anybody to say that um, these Marvel movies don't make you feel. They absolutely make you feel. Um, right. And though the, the spectacle may overshadow that, and for some people they may not make them feel, um, but like you don't necessarily get to dictate um, because they don't make you feel that they're not somehow on a level of other things just because they don't make you feel. It's 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 completely subjective, but I will say I do not right. think I do not think uh filmmakers are wrong in the idea of um if not if we're not careful, and I mean that as fans of movies, fans of film, um, we are looking at a future to where studios are going to oversaturate us with box office films. And we'll get fewer and fewer of the films that we like. Like, think about how we started the show, The Gentleman, The Irishman. Um, like, those are films. But those are films that, are we saying 90% of this world is going to see? I'd say no. I mean, it's not a film that I think 90% of this world would see. Do I think uh, if a new Spider-Man movie came out, 85% of this world will go see it? I 100% do. Um, so I do think it's a very possible, I you know, future to where these filmmakers are just they're going to have to acquiesce to the times and try to do a, a combination of the two. Do what Todd Phillips just did. Do what James Mangle did with with Logan. You're gonna have to bite the bullet and either be more creative with your original concepts um, to where it stands out like Inception, or you're going to have to do things. To where you're acquiescing to making a blockbuster, but it's still a film. Um, so I, I, I do see how it bothers some filmmakers because they're like, what, what is the point? <laughs> like, what is the point if you guys are just gonna go see John Wick Seven and not pay attention to my, uh, my original, you know, actual film that could be nominated for something? So I mean, I can completely see again, like you said, jealousy, but it is a true thing that could possibly start to push out films that I know we are passionate about, but I don't know if this up-and-coming generation truly, really cares. Um, Tia? I think there will always be a market for it. Just real quick, I think there will always be a market for it. You're seeing studios like A24 um, Mm -hmm. that have made a fucking shit ton of amazing, amazing movies. Um, But you're right. I mean, I I think more what the problem will be is like the divide of um, you're not going to be able to make high budget, um, like think pieces. Uh, the one that comes to mind is, um, and I'm I'm surprised that Denny Villeneuve has gotten to go ahead with Dune. Um, but Blade Runner 2049, that movie bombed at the box office, and it is a fucking masterpiece. Um, yeah. And so you're going to have a problem with studios basically saying. Like, look, this this is very fucking good, but we cannot give you this budget, um, and and that I agree with you on. Um, but nevertheless, you know, I I feel like that's going to happen regardless, and that's more the characterization of audiences, not the films that are being made. If if that makes sense. No, I get it. I I don't think the films uh, are like I agree with you on on Blade Runner. 
Um, I just think the the audience that you're making that for are becoming older and older. But your movies need to capture those that are younger. Um, so sure. if they're not doing that, by the time young ones are old enough, what do you think they're going to show their kids? They're going to show their kids the movie they enjoy. So if they don't enjoy your movies, they're not showing that to the next generation. So that's what I mean by the idea. I, I agree with you. Just like in the 90s, there was still a market for rock and roll. It was just, it was not as large as they would have thought it would have been heading into the 90s. Um, so, I, I mean, I kind of just look at it to where it'll be a market. But I think the Oscars at some point will start to become smaller and smaller because the movies that they're nominating, not a lot of people saw. Um, so, I, I think that yeah, is we've something. Seen that. Right, yeah. So, I, I think they do have to start paying attention to that and opening their doors to more ideas. Or the Oscars will become something that we may still enjoy, but this new generation in about 20, 30 years will say, now, nah, yeah, I get that out of here. I don't care. <laughs> like, okay, I didn't see that. Like, it doesn't matter to me. Um, but Tia, um, me and Nick are very long-winded. Um, your thoughts on uh, Martin Scorsese's comments uh, about Marvel movies not being cinema. And me and Nick didn't touch on it, but if you wanted to, what he means by comparing them to theme park rides. Well, really quick, I have so many thoughts here. But uh, first of all, I love your analogy with uh, rock and roll in the 90s. But I mean, if you want to make the argument, these bigger movies by, say, people like Scorsese have always um, outshadowed indie movies. And some indie movies that I've seen are some of the best movies I've ever seen, and they certainly don't get recognized at the Oscars. So to me, it's all a money thing, uh, essentially. You know, they're upset, perhaps, because people aren't going to go see their big-budget films and their uh, story-heavy movies in um, favor for Marvel movies. But I certainly um, respect Martin Scorsese in his opinions because there are a lot of movies that are just made just for fun. And that's okay, though, because, you know, it's only been, say, within the past 10 years that these Marvel movies have risen. Before then, it was just movies scattered here and there and Marvel movies that really weren't much paid attention to Daredevil, Elektra, you know, Punisher even. Um, so it's only been within the past 10 years when you've had literally 100 years of cinema coming about. And you have a whole uh, group of people, comic book fans, who are really happy that they get to see now all of their favorite characters who they were probably mocked about liking when growing up coming to the big screen and actually being popularized. So I don't see necessarily what the big deal is in just making necessarily people happy. Um, but I certainly understand where he's coming from because it could seem to him like effort isn't really being given into acting like or storytelling the way that he is used to. But you can't tell me that, say, the Winter Soldier wasn't a great spy film if you just took out the comic book aspect of it. You can't tell me that Chris Hemsworth didn't, you know, give even just a great little performance when he's sitting there crying in Infinity War over Loki being killed or, you know, that he didn't represent depression in Endgame or that Tom Holland didn't give an emotional performance in Far From Home, you know, struggling as to how he was ever going to, you know, fill Tony Stark's shoes. I mean, to me, that's acting. 
but of course, you know, movies like, say, Joker, which I just saw and, and absolutely blown away with, and Logan are cut above the rest. And I think that if filmmakers like, say, Martin Scorsese use that as their context, that they could also make amazing films like that that could bridge the gap between cinema and uh, comic book movies, certainly. But what I have to say I before I go any further with that is that I, I want to throw a little bit of shade in Jennifer Aniston's direction with her comment because, Jennifer, you've been playing Rachel since Friends ended and you've been riding that coattail since uh, it ended. So to me, I respect Martin Scorsese. I respect what he said and how he feels about it being someone who is from an older generation of filmmaking, but I certainly can't respect Jennifer Aniston just because to me it seems like she's coming from a spot of jealousy. I mean, how many Adam Sandler movies does she have to make on Netflix, right? But uh, <laughs> as far as... Oh, <laughs> wow. I fucking love it. But as far as, like, uh, because you guys didn't touch upon it, Martin Scorsese saying that they're like theme parks. Yeah. I mean, uh, you go to a theme park, you go on a roller coaster. I don't personally like roller coasters, but people enjoy them. And you go to these Marvel movies because you're going to be entertained for about two hours. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to like what's going on. It's going to be a fun ride. You're going to leave that movie feeling really good. The only movie that we left the theater not feeling good was Infinity War. And to me, that was very innovative, what the Russo brothers did there. Um, So I, I just don't think that you can fully say, like, all of them were crap because then we can say that there's been a shit ton of TV shows and other movies that have been crap in that sense. So I see where both of it comes from because Marvel movies are certainly fun movies and are they Godfather worthy? No. But we've seen that it's possible to bring it to that level with a movie like Logan. I mean, that was cinema to me, the way it was filmed, the way it was shot, the way it was acted, and I think you can do that. So, and I didn't Mark, Martin Scorsese want to even direct the Joker movie, so we can have that. Um, it's just you can have different types of cinema. Not every single movie has to be a certain way. You can have your fun movies, you can have your Oscar-worthy movies, and I, I even mentioned before. Um, Oscar movies and those big name movies have always outshadowed indie movies when we hardly recognize them. So the way that these big filmmakers and actors are feeling about Marvel movies is probably how people who have done indie movies have felt for a really long time. So that's my generalized opinion on all of it. I tried to like remember what all you guys were talking about so that I could remember what to comment on, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I see it for both. I see it for both. Um, you know, again, respect Martin Scorsese. I'm not going to be there shouting or anything like that as uh, some uh, really big MCU haters on Twitter say that all of us Marvel fans are doing. I don't know. Well, I, and I, I think, too, uh, I, real quick, Jordan, I think um, there is some merit to what he's saying as far as the constructs um, uh, that uh, that the MCU puts on their filmmakers. Um, essentially, like, you know, there was famously Edgar Wright was, you know, 
set to direct Ant-Man, but through creative differences had to move on, so they brought in Peyton Reed. Um, they have a style that they want to portray as part of their cinematic universe. Um, and so, th- I mean, there's definitely, like, some limitations that they these these creators and directors have to deal with. But, like, my argument to that would be there's always limitations, whether it be from a studio, whether it be from an animatonic shark that isn't cooperating, uh, like via Jaws. Um, there's always limitations. Re- like, these artists have to push through and, and, and um, essentially surpass those limitations that have been put forth. Um, and while, you know, I do agree this is not exactly um, is not exactly the same thing, um, like really good artists like the Russo brothers um, are able to still um, push through and present and, and deliver on really good films. Uh, and, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's just the way I see it. I, 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 I do think that um, there are obviously more liberties in just creating something that is completely independent and, you know, like, say, Joker or, like, say, Logan or, like, say, just any, you know, normal movie. Um, but I, I, I think saying that, th- that these movies aren't cinema um, is just, again, um, I, I think it's an antiquated way of thinking. Um, and, you know, again, I don't fault them for it. I just don't necessarily agree. Yeah. I mean, like I said, everything is subjective. So you like what you like. Just, I mean, nine times out of 10, anyone who feels that passionate, uh, about hating something, when you ask them about it, they probably never saw it, never heard it. Um, they just don't like the idea of it. Um, that, that's what you find out when you talk to a DC stand when he says, I hate Marvel movies. Well, which ones, you know, have you seen? None of them. Well, I, I don't really get where your hate's coming from. Um, so it does not shock me that Martin Scorsese says, I tried to watch one, didn't really get to it, I don't really like them. Um, that just seems to usually be the standpoint uh, when you come from that much hate about something. Uh, me personally, I hate Supergirl. I've only seen one episode of the first season. That was enough for me. Um, so, you know, it, it, there's my example. Um, but all right, let's move on. Uh, Wait, we got to... yeah, go ahead. Really mm-hmm. quick, really quick. Yeah. It, it's, I was telling Kane this the other day. There's a show that, because you just reminded me of it with Supergirl. There's a show that I just recently started trying to watch on Netflix that was so bad. And I was like, wow, they keep up with shows like this, but canceled the Marvel uh, universe, which was arguably, especially with Daredevil and Punisher, way darker and more, you know, than say like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the movies and everything. So I just need to throw that out there really quick because it's been bothering me really badly since I've seen this one show on Netflix. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> very fair, very fair. Um, right, let's uh, let's move on. We got a few more topics left. Let's try to uh, brush through them. Uh, Warner Brothers reportedly working on Training Day prequel set around the time of the Rodney King verdict. Completely idiotic. I think this the, the idea of this is it's more stupid than the Kingsman. But um, <laughs> see it, your thoughts on uh, us getting a prequel for a movie that doesn't need a prequel? Well, see to me, Training Day is also a movie. You just don't touch it. It's such a good movie. 
I mean, I, I heard that, and I was like, really? I was like, they're touching training day. I mean, uh, if it doesn't have, you know, Denzel Washington or Ethan Hawke in it, like, what's the point? You know what I'm saying? Like, so to me, that movie was just so perfect on its own. It never needs a sequel. It never needs a prequel. It's just good. Now, depending on who they get, if the story is, say, compelling enough, maybe, maybe I, I'm willing to be, you know, convinced and swayed. But just hearing about it, um, I just don't think that it's necessary. I, I don't even have a response to that. Nick, um, you're right. <laughs> His thoughts on this idiotic concept of giving us a prequel uh, to Training Day. I'm fine with it. Um, I think, honestly, I think it'll be interesting, uh, or it could be interesting, um, to see how uh, Denzel's character became as um, corrupt and um, sort of um, disenfranchised as he was portrayed in Training Day, and I think with the backdrop of the the Rodney King verdict and all of that, I think that could go a long way as to um, you know giving uh, his character the the motivations that he had in the original movie. Um, again, I, I I agree with you. Uh, I think one of y'all mentioned. Like it, it's going to be weird to see somebody else like portray Denzel Washington, um, and I wonder if you could bust out that de aging technology and like get Denzel Washington to um, portray a younger version of himself. Um, I wonder if that's the direction they'll go, or they'll just recast. Um, but no, I mean I, I think there's some interest there. Um, I, I, I think if it's done right, it could be very interesting to sort of expand on this character, um, you know, who, uh, you know, is, is to me very interesting. And I'm not, I'm not so in love with Training Day. Like, I think it's a great fucking movie, but I'm not so in love with it that I'm like, oh, you can't, like, you can't do a follow up or a prequel to it. I'm, I'm just not there as, as far as that particular movie. Um, but no, I, I think it could be interesting. Well, Nick, really quick, I saw someone sure. suggest that Denzel Washington, like, son, be in that role because they look alike, you know. I, I had a sure. picture recently of the guy, but someone's like, you know, if he has the acting chops and he looks, you know, like his dad, maybe he would be a good contender for this part. Um, well, I mean, we did see Ice Cube's son play Ice Cube in um... – the uh, uh, Straight Outta Compton movie, so I don't know. Maybe I mean I think I think that uh, um, I think that worked out well um, for that particular oh, sure movie. Oh, so after. Yeah, so like maybe maybe that is uh, maybe that's the way they could go about doing it. Um, you know, I mean, not obviously not every um, you're, you're not always going to get like a Michael Douglas to a Kurt Douglas. Um, but you know, you're not necessarily always going to get a Jaden Smith to a Will Smith. Um, so, I mean, it just depends. It depends on, um, you know, how, how, how good of an actor he can be. Um, but I'm not, I'm not necessarily opposed to it. Oh boy. Oh man. I got a headache now. All right, let's move on. I had a response for that, but let's just move on. 
Um, Todd McFarlane hopes success with Joker will expedite make oh God. all these topics are just so many things I hate. I hate Todd McFarlane so much. Anyway, he hopes he's the success so of Joker will expedite making of new Spawn film. I just I hate hearing Todd McFarlane speak about this Spawn film that I am still a hundred percent sure he should not be directing or any part of. But anyway, Nick, your thoughts on the idea of the success because we we don't have to wonder. We know this Joker movie is successful. It is doing astronomical numbers in the box office right now. Um, but do you think any studio will see that and go, oh, yeah, we need this Spawn movie. Yeah, definitely. Let's make that happen with Tom McFarlane. Like, do you think that's possible? <laughs> that's a very good uh, white girls impersonation. Um, <laughs> I. I think you, uh, if your script is good, then you, you know you'll have success with getting studios to make your movie. Um, if if your script, uh, maybe your script isn't as good as you think it is. If you're having trouble getting it made, um, that just that that's that's where I stand on it. Um, uh, like I don't, I I think this road has already been paved. Um, like maybe not to the extent that Joker. Um, you know, having an R-rated serious comic book movie, um, but like, come on, dude! Like, we had Logan, that was an R-rated serious comic book movie. We had Deadpool, which is not a serious movie, but is R-rated. Um, there's been plenty of examples. If if your script is good, you're gonna get a studio to be like, yo, like, let's fucking make this. Um, so that's that's mostly where I stand on it. I I mean, I think if if you're um, if you're hoping the the um, that sort of the the success of your movie hinges on uh, another movie that you feel like is in the same um, spectrum as yours, uh, or or genre as yours, um, or subgenre rather. Um, if you think your movie hinges on that movie's success, then I, I do lose a little bit of confidence, honestly. I'm telling you right now, the only reason this movie has not been picked by a studio is because Todd McFarlane walks in a room and goes, hey, I have this Spawn movie idea with Jamie Foxx as the lead. And they're like, all right, great, you're, you're selling me, but Spawn's not the focus of the movie. He's only in it for like, I don't know, 15 minutes. But you got to pay him still the $20 million um, that he's asking for. <laughs> the studio is saying, are you out of your uh, mind? you telling me you want me to sell this movie with him in it, and he's barely in it, and I still got to pay him this All right, million. all right. You keep going back to it. We get it. Because I'm like telling you, that's why, that is why this movie has not been picked up yet. I can guarantee you. There's no Yo, other reason. Bro, you know how many minutes Hannah, uh, fucking Anthony Hopkins is on screen for um, Silence of the Lambs? It's like 19 minutes. It's not wasn't, undoable. Wasn't that movie either uh, – wasn't there a, a first and a second or like a trilogy to that movie? Uh, well, there was Manhunter, which was done, I believe, by Michael Mann in 1985, I want to say, um, right. which was the first novel, which is Red Dragon, which was remade subsequently with Anthony Hopkins in 2003. Um, but uh, like, so that was somewhat of a sequel, um, but like uh, Anthony Hopkins had not portrayed Hannibal Lecter. But like that was that was the quintessential character. Like that was he, he his that character just like basically in, in the trilogy has a total backseat in the second book, uh, which is Silence of the Lambs, and like it still got made. Like I I don't 
I don't think that's the big issue. I think it's probably it has more to do with the fact that, like you mentioned, that Todd McFarlane is, insists on directing the movie um, and that, um, uh, you know, maybe the script's not as good as he thinks it is. Uh, well, Todd McFarlane sucks ball hair, so that's probably why also. Anyway, Tia, um, your thoughts on Joker Pop? I- God, I hope we never get a fucking interview with Todd McFarlane now. I, yeah, I, I'm I right with for you. Juwan, Todd. I'm, I'm right with you. I hope Todd McFarlane never has anything to do with Geek Vibes Nation. I'm right with you. Um, Tia, your thoughts on Joker possibly bridging the idea, uh, bridging the possibility of a Spawn film? I mean, it just seems like Todd McFarlane like, mentioned Joker just because he's like, please, let this spawn film go off the ground, please. But uh, I don't know. I'm not invested like you are. You know, uh, he makes it, he makes it, he doesn't make it, he doesn't make it. I mean, I don't know. I have no really comments on that about the spawn movie. Fair enough. Let's just hope the world has no more comments of Tom McFarlane. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Zack Snyder says actor Harry Lennox was to be revealed as Martian Manhunter in his version of Justice League. Seemingly, I assume, possibly in his uh, Snyder cut. But Nick, uh, does, does, this, does this mean anything to you? Do you really care? Or are you on the same boat of, I just need Zach to shut up about Justice League, like, altogether? Well, here's my big thing. Um, I, it, obviously, that wasn't, that wasn't the, the, this wasn't thought out from the beginning. Because David Goyer, who wrote Man of Steel and also wrote or co-wrote BDS, is, is on record as far as saying Martian Manhunter is a stupid character. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here. But, I mean, he, he did not have the kindest words to say about Martian Manhunter. In fact, he went so far as to say um, how many people here know the character of Martian Manhunter uh, and, uh, you know, uh, keep your hand raised if you've ever been laid. Um, so, like <laughs> – Obviously, the writer of the first two movies in Snyder's cinematic universe did not like that particular character. He also said the name Martian Manhunter was stupid. Um, so, like, it, it, my thing is this: is like it, all of these movies, all of Zack Snyder's movies, they were like almost a constant um, rebuttal to their 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 counterparts, whether it be um, BVS. Um, basically trying to tackle um, uh, people's criticism of, of uh, Man of Steel and the fact that, like, the, the last 30 minutes of that movie is just Superman fucking wrecking Metropolis without any sort of care for human life. Um, so they're like, all right, well, we can take that and we can make that, like, Batman's, like, motivation um, for BVS. And then when you get to Justice League, um, it, it's like this this um, pivot from uh, from – EDS as well, uh, like I, I think all of these movies seem to be driven by not a, like a, a well thought out plan in a in a very creative construct, and I think this just kind of falls right into that. It's like a ton of people were talking about this. A ton of people had mentioned this and said, "Oh man, wouldn't it be cool if like um, like this has been a widespread fan theory?" And it's like, "Oh, so now you drop it like." Um, you know, and, and, and show like some some like sketches, uh, you know, and and, and and like say, oh, I bet you didn't know this. Um, like, dude, fuck it, just fuck off. 
go make your Watchmen stuff. Go make your 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 zombie your new zombie movie. Like like the only people that he's serving at this point are the people who are like we demand the Snyder cut, and it's just like dude, that's not coming. That's not gonna happen. And honestly, like you would probably love it. Like for the people who like love BBS and and love uh, Nana Steel, I'm not part of that audience. Um, so I'm, maybe I just don't get it, but like I, I yeah, I think he should just shut up. Uh, and I think the notion that Martian Manhunter um, was going to be revealed, uh, and 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 Harry Lennox was was going to be uh, Martian Manhunter is like that. There's no possible fucking way that was thought out from the beginning, um, and that's the problem that none of that universe was actually thought out from the beginning. Um, even BVS, we know that's not the original um, uh, way that they were going to take those movies. They, they had a whole Man of Steel sequel that, that, that they combined with that movie. Um, like That's the problem, that you, like, you, you, you put the cart before the horse, and you fucked it up, and like so now um, you're, you're sitting here throwing out all this fodder for people to like grab a, a hold of and say, oh, man, this would have been so dope. This would have been cool. It's like, yeah, but like all of these little things that would have been cool would have been superfluous because you fucking never made a really good movie <laughs> in this universe. Um, my apologies for those of you who love Man of Steel, um, but it's, 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 it's an okay movie. Um, it's not a great movie. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my thoughts. Yeah. Uh, very quickly. Yeah. Um, cause I know you experience this literally every day on, on, on Twitter, but, um, <laughs> are you of the belief Zach to just shut up and continue about his life and forget about, uh, a Snyder cult, a Snyder cut or any of that? Um, because I don't give two shits about Zack Snyder and his cult and his uh, supposed plans. Uh, going to take a brief moment to remember Robert Forster, who died uh, the day that El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie, dropped on Netflix um, at the age of 78. If that goes to show you how little I care, I want to take that moment to remember someone who was actually of importance. Yeah. Fucking yeah. props. Thank you, Thea. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that at all. Um, I, I did have a topic here that I wanted us to go through, but we don't really have time for it, so I'll save it maybe for next week, or maybe I won't. But last topic, um, I'm going to just rip through these. Uh, we got some rumored um, uh, uh, castings uh, as far as the characters they're playing. Sean Gunn apparently playing the Weasel in the Suicide Squad. Pete Davidson playing Savant. Um, Mei Ling Ning, I think is how you pronounce or Neg. I can't, I don't know. Uh, apparently might be playing Mongol. Um, and Flula Borg is playing Javelin. And then you have Nathan Fillion as Blackguard. And, of course, Guy Courtney reprising his role as Captain Boomerang. Uh, Nick, thumbs up, thumbs down from these rumors. Character confirmation. Uh, thumbs sideways. I don't know any of these characters. So, um, that I guess thumbs up in the, in the idea that uh, maybe... James Gunn can popularize these characters um, kind of like he did with Guardians of the Galaxy with a lot of characters that weren't um, known to uh, a lot of fans. So, yeah. Very tall, very tall mountain to climb. These are the, the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> but, uh, Tia, <laughs> 
Um, I mean, I don't really know these characters, but I look forward to the movie. Yeah, I mean, that that's literally all we can say. Um, a lot of these characters I am a bit familiar uh, of, thanks to Joelle. Um, but these are literally the bo- These are all Suicide Squad characters, except for Mongol. Um, but they're the bottom of the barrel of those characters. So he, we do not know the only character we care to know, which is Idris Elba. So until I hear that, none of this matters. Um, but this was a great, great, great show. I'm glad we got to get back on and do uh, do this show today. We'll see you guys next week. So stay tuned for Monday Suck, um, NBA Geekly, uh, Top 10, and another episode of Geek Vibes Live next week. Till then. See you next week. Peace. Forrester, you the bomb in Jackie Brown, yo.